Lance Armstrong and Getty. Pretty damn cool. Very fine people on both sides. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere podcasts are given away because we're stupid. There he is, Dave Ramsey. How are you, sir? Great. How are you guys? Oh, we're terrific. We're terrific. You know, we have a lot in common, whether you know it or not, because we share a lot of your beliefs about uh, financial responsibility and how you know it's it's. I don't know if you consider it moral. Do you, do you, is uh, like being reasonable with your money, being frugal, being smart. Do you consider that a moral value? Probably is. It's definitely wise. Sure, because I mean, it used to be taught by all the classic religions that that was part of being a good person. Yeah, it's a discipline of your life, and it's an indicator that you're, uh, you know, you're emotionally, spiritually mature that you handle money well. I mean, you're not a child. Here, here's where it comes up most often on our show: is there'll be some government statistic or a conversation, particularly about around retirement or people, you know, when they're getting older and how much money they've got, and I'm supposed to feel terrible about it. Well, I might feel terrible about person A. Maybe they had bad things happen to them. I don't know. But person B may have always owned a new car and gone on vacations I've never gone on and then lived in a house bigger than they should have. And they got no money at the end of their life. I don't care. <laughs> so it bothers me that, that the news never takes that into, a, in a, into account. Well, because there's, there would be an ideological agenda, obviously, with those folks, so with the news folks and the people putting out that in that way. Because if, if you can say, well, society's sick, and, uh, you know, all of those people are victims of a systemic problem, then we must need socialism to fix it. Right. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, but just what a bad message to have for everyone, yes. though. Uh, I, so in real life, just two days ago, um, I'm going to visit my my dad with my kids. They're going to see Grandma and Grandpa. And a buddy of mine said, boy, where your dad lives, he must have really done well in the business he was in. And I said, no, not really. He never made very much money. We just always drove used cars. We lived in a small house. We never went anywhere on vacation. He's just always been really, really frugal. That's frugal. That's why he's got some money. The assumption that you have to make. Some goober says, says, oh, he's lucky. Right, exactly. But luck doesn't have anything to do with this. So listen, for fans of Armstrong and Getty who might not uh, listen to you or, or be familiar with you, uh, what, what's the uh, introduction crash course to Dave Ramsey and, and, and what you teach? Well, I'll start with I'm honored to be on the Armstrong and Getty show. You guys are legends, oh, man, so thank it. you for having me. No, it's our I pleasure. Appreciate it. I'm honored to be with you. But, you know, it it is common sense. It's God's and Grandma's ways of handling money is what we always say, and so it's live on less than you make. It's be outrageously generous. It's have a written plan. Stay out of debt because your number one wealth building tool is your income. And when you give it to everybody else, it makes you poor. Uh, you know, it's those basic kinds of things like that. It used to be called common sense, and I've made a really good living for 30 years with it. Yeah, well, I didn't know this about your bio until I was reading your bio. At 26, you'd accumulated a lot of money. <laughs> for a 26-year-old, then you lost it all. What's that whole story? And then what yeah, you learn stu- from it? Yeah, I was stupid. Um, that's, you know, <laughs> I, we started with nothing, and by the time I was 26, I had about $4 million worth of real estate, a little over a million-dollar net worth. And this is 1984. I made $250,000 cash taxable income that year. In Tennessee, we call that a lot of money back mm-hmm. then. 
And so I was doing great, but I borrowed too much money. The bank got sold to another bank. I had built a house of cards, and guess what? They called our loans because they freaked out and saw a 26-year-old kid owed them millions of dollars. And it took two and a half years then for Sharon and I to lose everything we owned, and we had the wonderful opportunity to start over with a brand-new baby, a toddler, and our marriage hanging on by a thread. Wow, that's that's something else. And And so starting out anew, what was different about your approach? Um, well, I wasn't just broke. I was broken. Uh, it, it, I, I thought I could do anything and I've discovered I couldn't. And so I, uh, you know, I had to rethink all the stuff I had been taught in academia and check it against scripture and check it against common sense. Because in academia, they tell you that there's good debt. And so borrow as much as you can uh, if it's a student loan or a house. And uh, I, here I sat broke using that exact theory. So something's wrong with this. And I kind of came up with the idea that a broke finance professor is like a shop teacher with missing fingers. <laughs> right. You know, I, I don't think I'm going to follow your best ideas because the last time I did, it left a mark. And uh, so I just got weird. I just said, you know what? I talked to rich people. And they don't borrow money. They don't borrow money. They don't carry credit card balances. They don't have car payments. They drive used cars. Um, They don't borrow money. They go on vacation. They pay for it. They don't borrow money. They get ready to fix up their kitchen. They pay for it. And then the next month, they get to keep their paycheck instead of giving it to some stupid bank home equity loan. And and so it was a real revelation, you know. And, And so I started applying this stuff to my life, and then I started talking about it to other people, and it turned into, you know, 30 years later, a Hall of Fame radio show. Who knew? So, and, and what's interesting to us about the change in the culture from a pay-as-you-go society to everybody borrows to buy everything all the time is that it didn't happen in 275 years. I mean, literally, Grandma paid as she went. Uh, are there bad guys in this? Is it just a societal thing? How'd that change happen? Uh, there's bad guys, but they're they're not. It's not a conspiracy theory. They're just uh, they don't care about their customer, right? And they're called banks. And, and you know, the debt is the most aggressively marketed product in the culture that has the most marketing in the history of mankind. So there's more money spent selling the credit card than any other product in our world today, and we live in the most marketed to culture in the history of the world. So these guys are really good at getting you in debt and making you believe at the core of your very being that you cannot exist without debt. Well, you can't have a car without a car payment. You can't be a student without a student loan. It's absurd, Ramsey. You've lost your mind. No, got a pretty good life that way. Boy, and the most obvious of business analysis is they're not working that hard and spending that much to get your credit card because they know it'll be helpful. It's because they're going to make that much money. You know, if you notice, their building's bigger than your house, and their furniture's nicer than yours. Something's going on here. It's a transfer of wealth, boys and girls. Boy, and if, you, if you've ever been in the position to pay cash for things, your washing machine or your car or whatever, when, when, you, when you're paying cash, you make different buying decisions. You don't buy the next step up of car if you're paying cash for it. At least that's been my experience. Yeah, because it's like real money. It's not yeah, it counts as real money. <laughs> so, hey, Dave, um, any thoughts on the current state of college education and paying for it? You've mentioned student loans a couple of times. What else? Uh, well, one of our Ramsey personalities, Anthony O'Neill, is launching a book on October 7th called Debt-Free Degree, 
uh, we are 100% sure you can go to college debt-free. But it's just like you, it's exactly like you just said, it has to do with college choice. Choosing to go to a school that is within your budget, choosing to buy a car that's within your budget. No one even considers what they're paying for school because it's not real money. It's monopoly money. And, um, you know, and on the political front, this idea of forgiving student loans without the idea of stopping making them is ridiculous. Right. If, if this is a plague on America of epic proportions, which I think it is, then Congress needs to wake up and stop make stop guaranteeing the yeah, loans. I don't know how much time you want to spend on the politics, of this, but, but it drives us crazy that the discussion is always about whether you forgive loans or not, or how much, or whatever, nobody ever even brings up. Why is college so damned expensive now? Why, why, when knowledge is easier to spread around than it's ever been in the history of the world, is college ten times as expensive? doesn't even come up in the conversation. Well, it's supply and demand of money, I can tell you that. I mean, when you have unlimited money, when your customer has unlimited money to spend, you will find a way to raise your prices. Mm. And so you want college price to come down? Stop the student loan guarantee program. Right. Instantaneously, colleges will disappear, and some of them need to because they're ridiculous. And the, the rest of them will adjust to a disrupted market. But this is a market that's propped up by government subsidies, and it's driven the price through the roof. It's basic econ. Right. You don't need to be an economist. You need to be like a first- or second-year econ student to understand what distorting the market is. Um, but in, in, you know, a final note is semi-philosophical. It's interesting listening to you tell your life story, Dave, that it, it, it comes from being humbled and through being humbled, you decided I'm the captain of my own ship. I'm strong enough to plot my own course. It's, it's kind of an interesting contrast. Yeah. The problem with my money is the guy in my mirror. Right. If I can get that goober to behave, he can be skinny and rich, but he's got issues. <laughs> well said, indeed. You know, it's it's been too long since we talked. Let's not let too much time go by again, Dave Ramsey. Well, thank you, my brothers. I'm honored to be on the station with you, and uh, thank you for letting me come on for a few minutes. You holler anytime. I'd be happy to do this. We'll do that. Thanks. I'd never heard that story before. I'd, I listen to Ramsey on and off, and I hear all the credit card advice and stuff, and it's all great. I agree with it. But I'd never heard the story of how he had a million dollars when he was 26 and that's when a million dollars was really a lot of money oh yeah and and lost it all well that you know that'll change your view of things yep good stuff armstrong and getty this is the best of armstrong and getty so on a lighter note a little glimpse into the uh the lives of the a and g crowd on uh one more thing michael i didn't ask if you're willing to participate oh yeah describe your weekend for the folks what was it shaped like um, actually, let's see. Um, we look. I mean, look, to whatever extent you're comfortable. No, that's fine. We're, we're shopping for a used car, so we're going ah. to car dealerships. So oh, I see. Girlfriend's looking for a used car, so that's kind of what we're doing right now. Good. You got to let them know that you're willing to walk out. Right. All right. I don't need this hunk of junk. No, I can. Right. I can leave the same way I came. All right. right. You, you, Mister Car Salesman, you don't got the upper hand on me. I got the upper hand on you. That's right. And Mr. Car Salesman, I want to talk to your superintendent now, not when you decide you're going to go sit, check with him to see if we got a deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. They usually say, you know, oh, I got to go talk to my manager. Uh-huh. And my dad always says, you know, they're not talking to anybody. They went around the corner to have a smoke, then they're going to come back and. It's just to wear you down. It's just to wear you down. Right. I, I sold cars. That's 100% true. Oh, I didn't know yeah. you sold cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Was that before or after shoes? I was going to say. Or uh, did maybe you, you achieved the sale of the car and you said, hey, you before. look good driving in some new shoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a, it was, I was multi-lane. I was moonlighting. Yeah. 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 But, All but right, that's so mostly car is, shopping, huh? Yeah. Okay. Fabulous. Anything else? Uh, no, just usual hanging errands, out. hanging out. Yeah, nothing else. The big thing was car shopping both days. Yeah, good man. Well, get the damn car. I couldn't take more than a couple of days of car shopping. I mean, are you looking for something special, some unique... Uh, uh, she, is she, she going to buy one of those $2 million Bugattis like uh, Tracy <laughs> right. Morgan? No, it has to fit into the garage. That's the problem. Our garage is kind of small, and so we've it, it's a long story. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Right. Got to get you the get, dimensions right. Yep. Long story, short garage. You got your, uh, yep. your diameter in there and your, uh, your length. Uh, Marshall Phillips, I know you hung out with your professional ukulele uh, player buddy, Jim, right? Jim? I had a fabulous time. You know, I have known Jim DeVille, we were trying to figure this out, more than 30 years. He and I met at a small radio station in Marin County many years ago, and we have been best friends ever since. That's nice. Owned a house in Yahats, Oregon, right on the coast, the gem of the Yahats. Oregon coast. And the the Jim, two of you did together, or no, he no, did, or what? No, I owned the house. You owned it. But Jim and his wife, his lovely wife, Linda, lived in it nice. for about eight years. They mm-hmm. were my rentors, and uh, it was a great deal. And Yahats is a magic, magic, tiny little town on the Oregon it's coast. Up the coast from Bandon Dunes, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah it's the between Florence and Newport. Right. I don't want to get... Maintenance on an oceanside property is a bitch, isn't it? Yeah. See, that's where Jim came in handy, because he would do all the maintenance. I gave oh. him a great deal on the rent. He Dream kept, come true. He kept the house up, and, uh, you know, I'd go up to uh, Yahats three times a year, you know, to look at the home and maintain the home. And right. So he'd put together the tables. Yeah, yeah, that very much so. He would always put together the tables. But you finally sold it, huh? And bought that gold Cadillac you're always running? Yes, indeed. Solid gold, folks. Yes, indeed. Gold tires, even. And I didn't even know you could up, get the, it's pretty. I didn't even know you could get the gold dice hanging from the mirror. That oh, is, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Gold seats, again, not comfortable, <laughs> no. but very attractive. <laughs> no. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I haven't, I haven't seen uh, Jim for a while. So he, uh, he is a uh, world-famous uh, ukulele player, or ukulele. He, I, it goes back and forth. But uh, and he, he gives uh, workshops and uh, puts on concerts and that, and he works different areas. He's he was doing the Northwest and then the West Coast. So on the road a lot, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, so uh, he was wrapping everything up in where I live, and you know when he comes through town, come on down, stay at the house. So nice. he stayed at the house. As I said, when he first got there. He was beat. I mm. mean, the road again is a tough mistress. Yeah, and he, uh, he he was tired, but you know he's he bounced back. Went and did the rest of the workshops. Finished them up on uh, Friday night. Saturday we had a full day of uh, you know running around. Went to the, a record store that's closing down. Went and visited it. Bought a whole lot of you know great. Got a whole lot of great deals. Oh wow! Had Chardonnay. Had good food, and then literally wrapped up the day. Going with my cousin to his golf club, his country club. Nice. And uh, had a great meal and serenaded, uh, Jim and I serenaded a really wonderful uh, waitress uh, who works there. You got a shot, you think? And, uh, well. (laughs) Was that crass? charm everywhere my friend sure that yeah. uh anyway, working, so, it, working it always working so it. we yeah we did that we ended up going back to my place cranked up the stereo and continued the party on into sunday most excellent it was wonderful positive sean marshall used up all your time oh that's a shame i did some good plant shopping plant shopping wait a minute yeah. you, you have one house plant yeah i know i needed to add to that so i so i bought more because uh-huh. i i got my grill so i'm out on my patio a lot right uh-huh. more than i was before and i'm uh-huh. realizing this is 
This is a little barren. I got it's a little a, grim. I got to liven this up a little bit. So I bought some plants. I got some little gnomes to put right. next to the plants and oh, stuff to watch over the plants. Yeah, it's, it's adorable. And I hanging imagine, plants are like sitting on a ground plant. Uh, these are going to be for the, 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 the railing. They're going to be placed uh, atop the railing, but I am going to look into getting some hanging plants. I think those are kind of cool looking. I want to yeah, get some of those. Careful. Oh, and a hummingbird feeder. I want one of those. Oh, yeah, those yeah. are cool. Oh, my. I'd be very careful, though, with those plants you're putting on the balcone there because the cats are going to want to get into them. They're going to be knocking them down all the time. Well, it seems a good time for me to, to correct the record. Yeah, I don't actually own time for oh, that. No. That would be great. But yeah, yeah, yeah go with the on. hanging plants. The hanging plants are charming. Yep. Uh, very good. My only notable note from my weekend was that I, I played golf twice, and, and day one I played great. Day two it was absolutely miserable. And day one it was probably because, again, I did my unique, my and this is the new, forget goat yoga, to hell with cow cuddling. Yes. It's dog <laughs> crap yoga. Saturday morning I got to pick up uh, Baxter's dung before the uh, the gardener gets there. First time in my life I've ever had somebody mow my lawn for me because I've grown lazy. Uh, but gardener. Um, and anyway, so, but I got to talk, pick up the poop before right, he gets there right. and bending all the way to the ground over and over and over again is the greatest warm up ever. Got all stretched out, got comfortable. There so go. I owe my victory to, uh, Baxter's, Baxter's poop. poo. Oh, he's yeah. a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> good I mean, boy, he's, he, you know, he's pooping out more than a fecal matter. He's pooping out joy. He's pooping out victory. Pooping out low scores. That's right. Yes. He's pooping out birdies. Yeah. I watch him squat. Hey, there's another birdie. <laughs> Fantastic. Good boy. Good boy. Armstrong and Getty. This is best of Armstrong and Getty. West Palm Beach, Florida is playing baby shark on a loop to drive the homeless people away. (laughs) Wow. That would uh, drive me away. I'm about to leave. (laughs) Wow, they're also using the other uh, children's hit raining tacos, which is a favorite of ours. That that drives people away. You got a party going. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see if a judge decides it's some sort of cruel or unusual punishment. Yeah, no kidding. Harassment. You can't punish people for poverty. That's that's probably enough of that. Yeah, I'm going to hurt somebody. Um, but it's an interesting idea. Well, at least in Florida they want to do something, unlike various places I uh, am familiar with. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos. No need to ask why. Hmm. Which, uh, if you think would be awesome, you just haven't you just haven't thought it through. No, it's a horrifying prospect. Maybe the maybe that hour or day, it's okay, right? But like, I mean, the, just the novelty of it would probably distract you for the first couple hours, right? But then mm. you in the hot sun, like six inch deep taco yeah. meat. Oh, you've got meat rotting in the sun. You you've think, got the various condiments running through you, around you, the you, you think you've got a rat problem now? Oh, right. geez. Wait till you have taco meat and just everywhere, <laughs> and it's on your shoes, and you're coming oh. into work and track it in the house. Well, and it's a terrifying phenomenon too. I mean, how could this possibly be happening? You would question everything. Well, I hadn't even thought about that. And by this, you mean... It's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos. No need to ask why. I gotta ask why. Just open your yeah, mouth I'm, uh, that's the first thing I'm asking. Eyes. Open your mouth and close it's your eyes. Okay, so that part there. The, I think I've used that line. <laughs> open, Hello. <laughs> the open your mouth and close your eyes part. Okay, so now I've eaten a couple, two, three tacos. I'm full. Now I need some sort of umbrella that can keep the tacos... From covering my face in hot taco grease. How slick I, would the streets be? As I walk to my car and attempt to pilot at home in these slick streets, running my windshield wipers, which may or may not keep tacos off the windshield. <laughs> They're not designed for that. No, I'll tell you that. that. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> yeah, are these hard shell tacos or soft shell tacos? I was picturing hard shell, but I suppose it could be. Because that would hurt coming down, you know? I believe the animated music video just <laughs> depicts them as hard shell? No need to ask why. What kind of simpleton are you that you're not wondering what climatological conditions occurred? That swept up hamburger meat, browned it, mixed it with taco juice, put it in a shell with cheese and lettuce. Is that like the kids' version of don't look a gift horse in the mouth? Like, hey, hey it's raining tacos. We don't yeah. need to investigate. Come on right. now. Come hey, on. suddenly all dogs are talking. No need to ask why. <laughs> how, how limitless is your lack of curiosity? Oh, my God. My dogs would go berserk. I might have to bring them inside because they'd eat until they, they died. Right. With tacos laying all over the yard. God, the flatulence. Oh, imagine. Geez. And how long does it rain? Okay, so it rains and it's, uh, you know, there's tacos scattered about on the ground. Or it's six inches of tacos yeah. or like oh now i'm up to my neck in tacos 100 year taco fun <laughs> may die right oh, so there's scattered taco showers uh mentioned this on the program <laughs> that this is a major breakthrough for artificial intelligence playing poker they computers have been able to beat poker people beat human beings at poker for a while but they can now bluff which they say is a huge advancement they hadn't been able to do yet because computers obviously are great at cr- crunching numbers and figuring probabilities in a way that no human mind can. But bluffing, like reading your body language or something and, and figuring out a way to fool you, to deceive you, that's a new level for artificial intelligence, which is quite frightening. Mm. So this is another step up above the, the AI plays chess, the AI plays Go. Those are uh, essentially solved games, right? There's there's always an ideal strategy, and you're operating with perfect information sure. at all times. The what, what the 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 variable that AI was having trouble with with poker is the imperfect information and the multiple people at a table. The p- computers have been able to beat poker players one on one pretty regularly for a decent amount of time, but now they're starting to do tables full of six and more, which is increases the and and they're crushing professionals. Like these are. People who have banked millions of dollars in professional poker wow. winnings getting just if, pants. If computers wow. can deceive us, though, like figure out how sharp we are and 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 deceive us, we're in a, we're in for a world of hurt. I think. Yeah. Sure. Type in your password. No, no I wouldn't give your password to the Russians. I. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just I'm picturing the computer. How does it, I'd like to know more about it? You know, I know enough about poker that for one thing the the. the computer would have to make sure it didn't have a recognizable pattern of bluffing you know you'd have to make it somewhat randomized um although you know if if everybody folds you don't have to show your hand but i'm just curious how that worked i mean because bluffing is you don't necessarily have to read anybody's body language you just have to bet boldly when you have crap in your hand yeah so and it's figured out how to do that the right amount of times, or uh, it's it's more so. A lot of poker theory has has. Uh, I'll try to to simplify this. When you're playing against somebody, you are not trying to guess what what hand specifically they have. You're trying to figure out what range of hands the way that they are playing is representing. Right. Um. And if if your range of hands is is a better range than their range, then you are in a favorable position so you can press your advantage. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe they're using that sort of thing as opposed to 
you know, you know, giving them the soul read and, and oh, he doesn't got it and then right. shoving it all in. They're more just kind of doing these mathematical equations yeah. based on the probability of range of hands that their opponents could have. So I know that uh, who's the smartest guy in the world wrote the uh, the book about the, the black hole? Stephen Hawking. Stephen yeah, Hawking. Hockey. I know Stephen Hawking, he tried to put the brakes on space exploration saying, whoa, 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 this is not smart. Beasts. Oh, putting out the signal to extraterrestrials. Yeah, beasts yeah. do not raise their hand up to unknown possible predators and say, hey, I'm over here, are you friendly or a benefit to me in some way? That's just not the way beasts have survived. Right. So why are we doing that? Has anybody smart thought of putting the brakes on artificial intelligence? Like, whoa, 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 have we thought this through? Computers getting smarter than people, able to deceive us? Etc. Etc. Oh yeah, lots of people are talking about it. Well, uh, people that have any sway. Like Sam I know Harris, science fiction writers. Well, what are you going to do? Like Sam Harris is one who, who's fairly regularly cautioning against the uh, the incoming tide of, of artificial intelligence. Really, uh, he's probably the most well known. I would like to check out one of those podcasts because it's just yeah, I, I really don't think people are. And there's, there's, I don't know what people are expecting to happen. That just, I guess, all the thoughts of I'll have a robot that folds my laundry. Yay! Not any of the <laughs> the ending humanity right. downsides. Greater productivity, higher profits. Right, yeah. robots that stack boxes right. at my company. Sure, yeah, I think Harris robots was the, that stack bodies. I think Harris mm. was the first one I heard talk about the the <laughs> Turing test, where a computer AI is indistinguishable from uh, an actual human response to things. When, when that happens, that's not the scary point. The scary point is when computers learn to flunk them on purpose. Uh, another note that I wanted to get on. Came across this, and I, I hadn't heard this. Uh, Game of Thrones, which got 30-some Emmy nominations. 32. Yeah. Blew away the record. NYPD Blue had the record. And that was a good show, and I liked NYPD. But, but they completely different level of everything. Yeah. I mean, NYPD Blue looked like a stage set of what you would craft a cop office to look like and, you know, the regular TV fair. Whereas Game of Thrones is just a completely, you know, like a, one of the greatest major motion pictures ever made. It's like a fantasy land. Anywho, getting ratings in the modern world is really difficult. I'm always asking, how many people watch that show? How many people watch that game? How many people watch the debates? You get some numbers the next day, but it's like three networks, and they don't have the internet, and they don't have DVR, and they don't have the internet, and they don't have people watching on their phone. They so they somebody finally got all the numbers for Game of Thrones. It averaged the last season of episodes. It averaged per episode almost forty six million people. Wow, that's an insane number. Even back in the day, that's an insane number. Yeah. Not the back in the day, the 70s, when there were three shows on every night. But back in the day, like when, when American Idol was huge before uh, all this stuff was going on, uh, their finale would be 40 million people. And everybody saw that as an outlier of just ins- insane dominance. Most popular show in America. Game yeah. of Thrones on a, on a channel you have to pay to get. 46 million people per episode for the whole season. That's amazing. I don't know if that'll ever happen again. Too bad all those people showed up for the last season, eh, Sean, when the (laughs) scripts were so crappy? It's it's really lacking. Shame. 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 The internet in particular (laughs) got quite outraged because they were nominated for a Best Writing Emmy. And the way that Emmys work, you're not being rewarded on the totality of the season. You submit individual episodes for each category. Which is weird. I think it's wrong. Yeah, I think it's wrong, too. But so they they submitted specifically the last episode, the one that was hated by the most. And I think it's because that's the one where Benioff and Weiss got the actual writing credit for it. So they could be the ones to accept if they they won. But the, the... 
Twitter was quote unquote the internet was pointing out if you were going to do it, there were there were two others. Why'd you pick the worst episode of the season to try to honor the fit? Like it's just a blatant, right. just kind of a, a career achievement yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I saw so yeah, it's individual performances and episodes. So yes. like Saturday Night Live, they had a, the episode that was nominated is. Um, I think it was De Niro with Robert Mueller. That's what I was going to bring up. Freaking De Niro gets an Emmy for yeah. Robert Mueller. I'm, I'll never watch TV again. I mean, that's just, come on. Yeah. That was so going through the motions for Robert De Niro yeah. and for Saturday Night Live. Oh, my God. They did a lot of really funny stuff, and they always do, but that wasn't one of their brilliant moments. Oh, I hope he doesn't get an Emmy for that. I know it doesn't matter, but come on. And you know why that is? Whoever's in charge of making the decisions, they just love the anti-Trump nature of it. Sure. And as Robert De Niro. Ah. Well, I hate awards for art, period. So, trust me, that award in particular, I will really, really despise. But I don't know if there will ever be a show again that gets 46 million people watching on a regular basis. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. By the way, speaking of things that are watched and viewed, what is it with my son? He's, he's just moving, but he just used up all the dad and the family plan again. And poor little D cop to it, my daughter, she said, no, it must have been me. Our Wi-Fi was out at work and I had to blankety blank. But no, you can, you can actually find it out. And uh, unlike the Jeffrey Epstein murder, justice will be done. Um... Uh, yeah, Declan used 46.3% of the family's data. <laughs> and we're over a few days early, and now we're getting choked. Hmm. Now it's like 1992 internet, all of a sudden, with my, my cell data. Is he a gamer of sorts? Is he just streaming videos? or I don't know. He knows better. Hmm. Well, Sean, we've talked about this over and over again. <laughs> don't stream stuff. Or do it on Wi-Fi. Boy, I, I signed up for the Unlimited, and I feel like I've been released from prison mm. now that I've got the Unlimited. Because now I just, I'm YouTube videos, videos all the time. I don't care. It's like streaming music for me now. I, video, I stream videos all day long yeah. with the Unlimited. It's just so freeing for me. So it was Declan with 46.3%. Delaney, who I had previously convicted in a rush to judgment, 32.7%. Me with 16.8%. Judy with 3.3%. And I believe that would be Caitlin, my eldest, with 0.8%. There you go. That seems impossible. Yeah, I know. She Well, she's got an interesting life. but um, She's not streaming the data. No. Well, she's got Wi-Fi for one thing. It mm. doesn't leave the house much, but... Right. Um, yeah, clearly the boy is at fault. You know, he will feel the rough side of my text line. I got videos going almost everywhere I drive. Really? Yeah. You stare at them and no. not to hit anything. It's usually not stuff I have to listen yeah. or look at. Right. Yeah. What sort of stuff you listen to? Music? Um, uh, mostly people speaking about various things. Authors, politicians, whatever that sort of stuff. Mm, I got no time for that. <laughs> Because you're busy filling the blank here. I like insect noises. The natural <laughs> oh, world. Oh, yes. Ambient sounds. Exactly. Right. Dolphins, right. whales. We were, my, my uh, kids and I, we were checking out my new soothing uh, app for uh, for trying to get a little nap going yesterday, trying the different things like the rain. Oh, yeah. Great sound of the rain coming down. It's nice. Um, Very nice. But some of these. going to make me need to urinate, though. 
car ride. I don't know if you can hear this one or not. It sounds like you're just yeah. riding in the car. That I mean, it makes me sleepy. Make me need to urinate. It makes me sleepy just thinking about it. I like playing the car ride sound when I'm driving. <laughs> Henry, want this though? Like oh like this. yes. He likes the Zen music. Is that that like Tibetan drums they call it or something? something like that? You combine that with the car ride in the rain, and then it just oh, makes you yeah. want to lay your head down. Oh, you can sleep. do the super combo. Oh, yeah. It makes me so sleepy. I'm with your oh. son on this. That's that's my go-to. I, th- I think it's pan flutes yeah. is what that's referred yeah. to. Yeah. And there I there I am uh, listening to the, whatever the hell that is, flutes or drums or whatever, in my Buddhist temple, lying on a nice mat. It's raining outside. Oh, yeah. There's a fan blowing. My hair's a mess, so I turn on my hair dryer. No, 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 no. we don't have electronics in the Buddhist temple. Uh, Isn't your hair dry yet? Uh, It's raining outside. Off in the distance, the orcas are howling. Exactly, the orcas are howling for flesh, (laughs) demanding their voracious appetites for fresh, bloody flesh. A train goes by. You're trying to get to sleep. Wow, it's like it's in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Or am I on the train in this scenario? I don't know. You're on a train as a Buddhist monk. I'm a brown noise guy myself. What's brown noise? It's like white noise, but uh, more low frequencies. But more uh, more inclusive. Right, exactly. Exactly. No white noise supremacy. It's it's, instead of shh, it's more shh. Hmm. Shh, shh, shh. No, 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 no. And then there's purple noise. Oh, please. Makes me want to commit a murder. Hmm. I don't know these things. Yeah, hang on a second. I'm a big white noise guy because I hear everything, man. I hear everything. A mouse farts in my backyard. I wake up. It's terrible. It's torture. <laughs> now, that's brown noise. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. You proud of yourself? <laughs> I am. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> Here's brown noise. And that's different from white noise how? Yeah, I'm like Jack. I know how to work the volume. Can you hear that all right? Is that coming out of that end of the phone? <laughs> he says after claiming prowess. Oh, but wait a minute. How, this... how's, that, how's that different than white noise? All right, here's brown. I'm going to go from brown. Well, I actually wait don't care the color of the noise, but is, is that somehow more That's or less beautiful. soothing? Or... That's a, it's a colorblind world for Jack. <laughs> oh, virtue signal. It depends which one you prefer. All right, here's the brown. It's brown, flush it down. All right, here's purple or pink i'm sorry Dude, ah. Ah, that's harsh ah, that's, that's ah, terrible that's, that's harsh, harsh. Ah, that's really bad here's blue noise worse that's oh my god make it stop i can't stop sleep it. with i can't sleep with that here's your per, here's your violet noise what they just keep getting thinner and thinner yeah, and more really? annoying yes. do, do they have white they do not have white but oh, we do have man. this Yeah, give me that with That's, Jack's pan flute, and then somebody trying to get me to snatch a pebble from their hand. Oh, you know, hey. this is the New York City sewer system. <laughs> supposed to be beach waves. <laughs> it's no, that was, so that was much more stuff. like river than yeah, really. beach waves. I was picturing trout. There's one called Heaven, but you have to buy it. I'm not going to pay the extra four ninety nine. Wow, that's like the Catholic Church, huh? In the Middle Ages. <laughs> I'm kind of interested in what heaven in theory sounds like as a sound, though. Four ninety nine to get into heaven is that the deal? That's uh, pretty much it. All right, here, I got to get to my least favorite one. Here you go. Hang on a second. Oh, Dennis, here's white noise. Why is that not in the same place? Root canal is your least favorite. 
again, not nearly as soothing as the brown. Let's see. Amazon jungle. Crackling fire. Yeah, some of the some of the noises. Wow. Uh, what am I, an Amazonian? Yeah, I don't want birds that close to me and I'm trying to nap. I assume this is all for napping. Fly down, peck at your eye while you sleep. <laughs> this is all for napping or getting a baby to sleep. Yeah. You're not yeah. supposed to fall asleep with a, a bird of prey above your head. <laughs> Crap on you at best. Take huh? out an eye. Yeah. Come down with you mighty talons extended. Yeah, exactly. Plus, you got a boa constrictor. You're, I, I'm going to grab a nap on the floor of an Amazon rainforest? End up getting squashed by a boa or the sound of by a jaguar. The sound of vacuuming. When I was a little kid, if my mom was going to vacuum, oh, I would just curl up somewhere and just go to sleep. I just really? loved the sound of my mom vacuuming. Yeah, we used that to soothe Kate, our oldest, who was just impossible to get to sleep. Wound up like a watch spring, like her old man, but doesn't use much Wi-Fi. Or yeah. Doesn't use much cell data, rather. I'll grant her that. A good kid. Proud of her. Proud of her. The boy I got to speak to. Boy. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.